Cultivating Indigenous Voices, a podcast sharing Indigenous history, topics, and community involvement. Hosted and produced by Tina Andrew. Good day. Today we have a local tribal member of the Yome Pasquayaki tribe of Southern Arizona, Gabriel Ayala. Gabriel is well known for his musical talent playing guitar of classical jazz and flamenco sounds. And we're pretty lucky to have him in the studio today, especially during his busy touring schedule right now. So thank you for taking the time to be on the show, Gabriel. Uh, Another guest we have with us is Carmen. Carmen is currently interning for Cultivating Indigenous Voices podcast and will be doing the interview with me. So that's pretty awesome. Everybody, welcome Carmen. Welcome, Carmen. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Tina. I'm Carmen. Uh, I was born and raised in Tucson, Arizona, and I'm currently enrolled in the anthropology program at the University of Arizona. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Tina and Gabriel. So, I, so thank you so much for having me. Yes, no problem. Thank you for coming aboard. So, interesting story. While in Standing Rock, North Dakota last year, in November of 2016, I had the privilege of meeting Gabriel there. And it was an intense time in Indian country, and it still is. It's an ongoing battle for many Native people defending their lands today. But since then, I've kept contact with Gabriel through social media, and now here we are. So, Gabriel, can you share with the listeners a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, your education, your favorite fruit, favorite animal, whatever you want to <laughs> share? Go ahead. <laughs> For sure. Uh, well, again, uh, hello to everyone out there. And I'm from the Bosco Yaki tribe here in Tucson, Arizona, and I am a classically trained musician. I have a master's degree from the University of Arizona, Bear Down. I'm a wildcat nice. for life. Woo. That's right. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I do professionally. I'm a touring musician, and I've been very fortunate to have a very successful career touring around the world now and being able to play in venues that I only dreamed of when I was a kid, and now it's all coming to a fruition and just very thankful uh, as far as favorite food and favorite color favorite <laughs> animal I guess we'll get to it in the interview but any any kind of traditional food uh, for sure if you got some chumath and red chili I'm, oh, yeah. I'm there I'm so there all right well you have definitely lived an interesting and amazing lifestyle as a native musician what makes you most proud of who you are and why you do what you do uh, you know, um, first of all, I don't like to just call myself a native uh -huh. musician. I prefer to say I'm a musician that happens to be native instead of the other way around. Nice. Just because I, I, it shouldn't be the color of my skin that gets me the opportunities or the length of my hair yes, or whatever. Yes, for sure. And uh, so I've never tried to sell my culture just to attain the career I've had. Mm -hmm. uh, but for me, what I'm, I'm uh, very passionate about, as I will say, is working with youth 
has always been something that has always struck a chord with me, uh, pun intended there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just wanting to, to give back, to give our youth a positive addiction in life. Mm-hmm. For myself, I don't drink, I don't smoke, I've never touched drugs. Music has truly been my only addiction, and fortunately I found it when I was young and mm-hmm. that I've been able to live a, a good life and, again, with something with a, a positive addiction and to break the stereotype of Indigenous people, especially Indigenous men, indigenous males, that mm-hmm. drunken Indian stereotype, yes. it just really mm-hmm. uh, is awful for me. So I'd like to hope that I would be a... Uh, positive statistic instead of one that people would just expect. So I definitely love that you have passion in sharing with the youth and the importance of uh, traditional knowledge, the values and uh, the way of life, which I definitely admire that about you a lot. So can you share what's your whole philosophy behind that when you're, you're in front of a crowd of young people? Again, it's uh, not being a role model. It's trying to humble yourself. By the way, I hate the word role model. It's just <laughs> like a self-empowering mm-hmm. word that you give yourself as a, mm-hmm. I'm a role model. Look at me. It's like, ah. Mm-hmm. And it's just not who we are as a people. We're, we're taught to try to be humble. And it's tough. It's try, I'm not going to say that I'm perfect. It's It's a tough, it's a fine line of being humble. And for me, I always say that I'd rather be, again, a positive influence on the youth. And when I look at the youth and and see their their whole life ahead of them, I try to share with them and instill the values that I've been given, mainly by my grandmother. My grandmother was the person that raised me. She was the one that took me in and made sure of that. And I always share with people, I say, it took a woman uh, Mm -hmm. to teach me how to be a man. And for that, I'm very thankful because uh, in today's age, our men, all men are just so tough and we have no emotions and stuff like that. And I'm not afraid to share that and, and make myself vulnerable and stuff. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go watch all these chick flicks. No no dis- <laughs> <laughs> I hate to use the word chick flick, but You're I'm not, not gonna I'm not gonna, gonna go No, I'm not gonna go on a Sandra Bullock <laughs> binge or something on Netflix. But I'm not afraid to tell kids, you know. I, I'm proud of them. I, I care for them. I want them to do great in their life. And when I speak to them, especially our indigenous youth, to look at these kids and tell them, look, you're traditionally all my nieces and nephews. Mm -hmm. And it's a really beautiful thing, which uh, then later I get these uh, messages on either Instagram or Snapchat or any social media, and they're writing me and they're like, hey, uncle, thanks for coming by today. For me, that's, that's that's a bigger payment than you can ever receive, of, of course, than, than anything else. Uh, that monetary, uh, we'll spend it as soon as we get it. But those feelings and the moments that we share with our youth like that, that's that's the reason why I do it. That's definitely pretty amazing. I appreciate all the work that you're doing for our young people, you know, helping them along the way and sharing your talents with pretty much everybody. And it's a really good thing that you're able to do that for them. So I know that you've recently launched your musical art project, which I've seen. And it's I think it's just super, super amazing. If you could share more a little bit about how that all came about. For sure. You're, you're the first one to get the story. Ooh, yes, nice. That's, that's awesome. Okay. So great question. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so a couple of months ago, um, I've always been an artist since I was a kid. I'd sit around with my grandmother and draw on scratch sheet of paper and 
later I would actually even have a drawing tablet and I'd draw and I actually found some of my old drawing tablets recently. What? Which I was like, nice. that's so awesome, man. <laughs> I was like, I was so awful. But <laughs> but I always drew. I actually wanted to be an architect and cool. a musician when I was younger. When I went to college at Texas A and M, there was just no way to do a double major that I had to drop one, and I was so disappointed. Mm-hmm. But a couple of months ago, I was sitting at home, and I hate to waste my time watching TV and just doing nothing. Again, binging on you know Netflix. <laughs> don't don't do that to me. Don't, don't give me that image. Uh, just cuddled up in a snuggie. So uh, so I was there, and it was late at night, and I thought, you know what? I have this music uh, staff paper. I'm going to gonna go ahead and paint something on it. And I drew one up and painted it and finished it, and I put it on Facebook, and I said, what are your thoughts? And instantly somebody said, how much is it? And I was like, oh. I was just sharing it just because I thought it was kind of a mm-hmm. cool thing. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that's pretty awesome. It doesn't suck. <laughs> By the way, that's my hashtag. This does not suck. <laughs> <laughs> and so I said, I'm going to draw another one. So I drew it out and another. By the time I knew it, it was like four in the morning. I had already done three paintings. I was just obsessed. Wow. And I posted them all, and people were like, these are amazing. Thank you so much for sharing. Uh, when can we buy them? And I was like, they're not even for sale. I just <laughs> drew them up. I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not even, you know, scanning them properly. I'm just taking a picture with my phone and posting it. Yeah. And as the last month and a half went by, I've made 37 paintings Wow! and again I've been just kind of addicted it's a, it's a great healing for myself to mm-hmm. just sit at home being solid uh, usually singing uh, traditional songs while I paint mm-hmm. just kind of being centered mm-hmm. and just in the in complete darkness it's it's kind of kind of cool it, it's a it's a great therapy so for anybody out there that's looking for something to just you know hone into who you are that was it's been amazing for me and now, uh, two months later, I have an art opening on uh, the 16th. So oh, wow. really excited about that. And got my prints. I got Christmas cards already. I'm making what? phone cases. I'm telling you, phone cases, this is legit, man. I don't <laughs> feel like just like I'm bootlegging <laughs> art. I mean, it's it's yeah. real. I'm going to be in a gallery and a man, page and everything. That's amazing. So. Yeah, it's it's a new venture for me, and mm-hmm. it, it's kind of scary at the same time because I remember when I first launched my music career of investing in myself as as an entrepreneur and thinking to myself, mm-hmm. this is a product. I have to believe in it. Mm-hmm. And now under the umbrella of Ayala Guitarist mm-hmm. of my corporation, this is just another skew that now I can offer, and uh, hopefully people like it, and hopefully they won't think it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag this does not suck. Yeah. <laughs> Those phone cases, though. Thank yes, you. No, yes. I, again, I'm pretty proud of it. And and I'm doing uh, wearable art as well. Oh, so yeah. I make uh, jewelry uh, out of uh, horse hide and buffalo hide and all traditional oh. paintings. So a little of everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm just uh, trying to keep creatively engaged. Never busy. Mm-hmm. Always creatively engaged. Yes, exactly. We were just talking about that today, you know, right. introducing Carmen to this whole podcast <laughs> world and talking about how it's not work. It's all just fun. You know, if you're passionate about it and you love to do it, then just have fun with it. Don't be nervous or scared or anything like that, what people are going to think. As long as you're loving it and you're enjoying it, 
And if other people love it, then that's even better. You know what I mean? So, yeah, pretty awesome. And I'm definitely looking forward to checking out the gallery. So that will come later on. I know the musical art uh, event that you have coming up will happen first. Uh, so it'll all be uh, together. So I'll be performing okay. there. I'll be giving uh, a free concert. And then mm-hmm. uh, in addition to that, I'll be talking about my artwork as well as my, my wearable art. So, yeah, nice. kind of trying to... But put it all together, you know, it's mm-hmm. just, uh, it's art in general, whether it be visual, audio, or wearable, you know, I'm just mm-hmm. trying to promote it as much as I can. Well, another awesome thing that I seen on your Instagram Uh-oh. was the song that you did with Keith Sakola, mm. <laughs> who did the song, <laughs> the famous song, Riding in My Indian Car. Yeah, I know. And this song you did with him was called Wild Javelinas. I love that. Yeah, we're a couple of wild javelinas. <laughs> uh, I love uh, that too. <laughs> uh, and it's actually finished. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll be, I'll be in Phoenix this weekend. And uh, we're actually going to release an EP. We're going to release wow. a five-song EP. And I will cool. announce here that we have another guest that's going to be on there. None Ooh. other than Gary Farmer, a.k.a. Philbert. <laughs> really? Yeah, oh, Gary. Oh, shoot. <laughs> it's it's going to blow up. It's going to, again, <laughs> trying to make it happen. And, and you know, I've known Keith, uh, or Keith, as I call Keith. Call him Keith. What's up, Keith? <laughs> Keefer. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I've known I've known Keith for oh my god forever. It seems like, and we've always uh, shared the stage at many venues across Indian country, and we've always threatened to record. Mm-hmm. And he always says, "Hey man, come over and record, bro." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right, Keith, but I'm out of the country." Well, when are you coming over? You know, I'm like, no, no, Keith, I'm I'm out of the country, brother. I'm I'm in Italy. Man. Wow. Oh, well, that's too bad. You know. <laughs> so I'm like, so finally, it happened that a couple of weeks ago, we we're both doing a benefit concert uh, to help out uh, uh, indigent children. Uh, mm-hmm. Native youth, specifically in Phoenix. Yeah. And he came up to me after my set, and he's like, you're in town, man. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> he's like, we're going to record tomorrow. And I was like, are we? He's like, yeah. And, and I, so I did. So I was like, perfect timing. Mm-hmm. Went out there, and we sat down in his living room, and we just uh, laid the tracks down. And it's uh, pretty exciting. So we'll have uh, two or three of his songs and maybe two or three of mine as well, minimum. So for at least a five to six song EP. And then right away while we were sitting there, we were like, we got to call Gary, man. You know, Gary, Gary, Gary <laughs> oh. plays harmonica oh, uh, cool. and stuff like that. So we're going to hopefully do a show here in late spring. Uh, we've already okay. written a, another tune. It's it's one of my tunes. It's called How Can I Miss You If You Won't Go Away. <laughs> Lovely. So it's going to kind of have a round dance feel, you know, oh, cool. more contemporary feel, but mm-hmm. then a, a bluesy feel with uh, nice. with Gary on the harp mm-hmm. and uh, Key singing some, some songs, making up some lyrics. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a good time. All right. Awesome. Yes. I was definitely loving the melody of that Wild Javelinas <laughs> song. It's, it's so laid back. <laughs> and you can just hear the story of, you know, the Javelinas cruising around. And that's what we are. We're Havelinas. <laughs> so, I Carmen, guess, all right. Carmen's yeah. Turn. All right, welcome. Thank you. Um, so I'm going to change gears just a little bit. Um, <laughs> o- Oprah Winfrey type moment here. Oh, yeah. Break me down. Get ready for the exclusive. Oh, no. So I noticed that you talked about working with Native youth. How mm. is music inspired you being a professional musician how is that how how do those two relationships coincide with each other 
Again, I think for me, it's just finding a positive addiction. Like I've been to to reservations all over Indian country from the U.S. Uh, all the way into Canada. And uh, there's something about, about it, uh, music. There's a healing in it. And I've been, uh, I'll tell you one time I was up in Tuba City. And while I was there, I seen kids that had guitars that didn't even have the full six strings. Like they only had like four oh, wow. strings on them. And yet they were just there playing their hearts out. And I said, wow, what an amazing thing. So I called up some of my endorsements. I got them free strings. So I brought free strings for everybody. Oh, so awesome. I try to use the little bit of fame that I may have in, in hopes that I can use it for the betterment of, of others, especially our, our youth. But uh, it was the the youth that really inspired me to keep going, to keep doing more. It's, uh, I mean, although some people might think it's the other way around. For me, mm-hmm. I see these kids that no matter what they're faced with, the limitations that they have on the res, uh, they keep going. And just seeing their faces light up when when you play music, it's it's so fulfilling to see that and know that that it brings them that joy. So again, for me, it's trying to to share with them in hopes that they'll that they'll find that in their lives and be able to heal. Because I know when I was a kid, and you know if I was disappointed or if I was sad, I could easily just pick my guitar up and play a sad yeah. song. I could express that without physically or or, or at least verbally having to. Mm talk to somebody and nobody wants to talk to anybody nowadays. <laughs> it's all in the, in the age of technology of text and and nothing is real anymore. But for me, that music was, was my outlet to, to allow myself to be vulnerable and a lot of times just speak through my music. And now, luckily, uh, I use, you know, the, the voice of music and now uh, my actual voice to, to try to, to talk to kids and or youth and let them know it's okay. Nice. That's amazing. And I definitely agree with finding that music as a source of healing. But amongst all of the other things that you do, you're incredible. I know that you're an educator, or you have been in the past. Can you tell us a little bit more about... I have, um, you know, I wish I had more time, honestly. I wish I, wish I could clone myself, because mm-hmm. there's just so much... Think we all do too. Uh, <laughs> and and I mean it's it's for for selfish good reasons. Just only because I want to do so much more. Mm-hmm. Like I feel so limited in time. Like I wish I could be at a school right now at the same time as I'm giving an interview. At the same time as I'm creating art. Is it's for positive things, you know. Um, but uh, it's always been the what I think is was my salvation. Is luckily I found education. Uh, to to get into and wanted to to be again a, a, a positive statistic. I didn't want to be that guy that was uh, a, a negative number as to why I didn't do something with my life. I wanted mm-hmm. to be on on the other column where they said, "Well, it's only this percent," but what was that that they did? You know. So again, something uh, positive. So. I wish I could teach more. Um, I, I, I've actually looked into maybe doing some kind of online classes of music. I thought maybe I could do it on my website, like offer a free guitar lesson a month. But mm-hmm. then again, I got to clone myself to <laughs> to actually make the lessons and then upload the lessons and push it out there. So, oh, it gets it gets a little draining sometimes, but I try to keep going. It's awesome. if. Whenever you do get to do classes, let me know. I'll totally sign up. <laughs> I would love to. Yeah. But earlier you had mentioned that 
you wanted to be an architect. I did. When I was in high school, I designed my dream house, and I still have the plans to it. And uh, I hope one day in, in my life that'll happen. And it's not like it was like this giant, uh, elaborate, fifty-bedroom home. You know, yeah. it was simple, but it had a um, the most elaborate thing that it had in there. It had a concert hall. So oh, that wow. so that I could have, I said, one day I'm going to be famous and I'll have all my famous friends come over and, <laughs> and give concerts here or will give concerts there. That, those were my ambitions. It wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, when I grow up, I'm going to be a millionaire. You mm-hmm. know, I was, I was, again, raised by, primarily by my grandmother and she taught me the difference between uh, need and want. And, and in that, you know, I always thought, well, I have giant family. I guess I am a millionaire already. I have, I can, I have family all over the place, and extended family. As native people, we're all related. You know, it seems like mm-hmm. you can always go to somebody's house, and there's always a meal and a bed or a couch or a floor waiting for you, and that that's a, a fabulous thing. But again, as an architect or somebody who wanted to be one, you know, I think I, I still do it in uh, in different ways of of designing and composing songs. So it's a form of architecture, I guess. Oh, totally. But, yeah, maybe I should get back to it sometime. Uh, again, when I clone myself, I definitely, <laughs> definitely will. I'll be like, where's, where's Gabriel? Oh, he's <laughs> over here. But he's also over here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. you can also see him there later. <laughs> and Keith could find you more easily. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, Keith, I'm already at your house. We're ready to record, man. And he'll have a clone, too. That'll be a bad thing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I feel like we could. The world could use you, too. <laughs> the javelina is coming soon to you. Oh, yeah. The pack can be a pack. The pack. The wolf pack of one. <laughs> oh, that's so good. You mentioned um, your art show. Can you tell us where the art show is going to be? Um, it's going to be at uh, Bati Indian Arts, which is on North Campbell, uh, Campbell and River and that little plaza there. Mm-hmm. On the uh, southeast corner there. And it'll be the 16th from noon to 5. And I'll be performing at noon and at 3 and giving like a whole presentation, talking about each of the pieces, what they're titled, why I painted them, Mm -hmm. and what they mean to me. You know, and then take Q&A and then uh, see if anybody wants to take some art home with them. Or at least a Christmas card. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely going to look into getting a phone case. Awesome. Yeah, please do. And then pimp it out and show everybody. Oh, I already show everybody. I'm like, have you seen this? You're too sweet. That's so awesome. Actually, speaking about your art, you put it on music on scores, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So traditionally, uh, it was uh, called ledger art. And the 1800s natives, I guess, were finding these ledgers or maybe we were stealing them, for, you know, hopefully we're stealing them from banks or something. Yes. Uh, but they were writing on the, on, on these ledgers and that's where this first came from. And I've seen and known about ledger art for many, many years. I have many, many buddies that uh, all do it. And I've always thought it was amazing. And I just thought, you know what, it would be great if it was actually on staff paper on actual sheet music and it's uh, be a little bit more unique and as a musician it makes sense for me to do it mm-hmm. on staff paper because staff paper I have money I don't so I'm not going to put it in a, in a ledger <laughs> so <laughs> but I just thought it would be uh, it'd be pretty cool and, and pretty unique and fortunately people have enjoyed it and the sheet music is actual sheet music it's mm-hmm. like you could actually play them you know mm-hmm. so it's not like it's just random notes it's actual music oh. uh, and I've chosen this 
series to do on all Bach music. Why? Nice. Because I'm snooty. That was because, my next question. Yeah, I was because, like, who? Well, because I'm because I'm a classically trained musician. You know, mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? What would I want it on? I would like it on Johann Sebastian Bach's <laughs> Piano Partita Number no. Six. I'm like, yeah, man, that's that's intense. That's that's mm-hmm. a a great thing. So the next series that I will be doing, I released a CD entitled Shades of Blue four years ago. So I'm going to do original paintings for each of the songs from that CD, Shades of Blue, and then release that series, and they will be painted on my own original sheet music. So it's going to really tie in together to to do a whole thing like that. So I'm hoping to do a big tour called Shades of Blue and then uh, show the actual slide behind me as I'm painting it. Visually, they can see what what I saw on the inside of my eyelids. Wow. <laughs> it's intense. It's in- I'm telling you, I need to clone myself. See, this is going to already be happening. Yeah, no, I think already I've just taken away just trying to not be so busy or just constantly watching Netflix. But creatively to- engaged. Be yeah. creatively engaged. Yeah. Never busy. I'm definitely going to seek more of that out. Yeah, get off of Netflix and... <laughs> No more Hulu. Yeah, Hulu and Amazon <laughs> Prime, and oh my God, you should be on YouTube watching Gabriel Ayala. Actually, happened. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> there's some funny videos on there too. You'll have to look those up. I think mainly I'm just stalking your Instagram. That's awesome. <laughs> stalking is not stalker. a good word. Stalking is not a good word to use. Know, but at least we have it on on tape here. That if something ever happens, if I go missing. <laughs> You know, to look for Carmen. Um, so I was trying to look around on the IG right now because I had read something about you doing this whole thing on Standing Rock. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. I have a photo exhibition opening. Yeah, yeah, that's right. On January 12th at Amarind Museum in Dragoon, which is about an hour drive, I mm-hmm. guess, from here. Yeah. A little bit under there. Uh, but, yeah, I've uh, been very fortunate to team up and collaborate with Amarind Museum for many years, uh, just usually as a musician going out there and playing concerts and whatnot. And the last year when I was there in uh, November, I had just come back from Standing Rock, and I let them know about some of the photos that I'd been taking and trying to create an awareness. And they said, you know what, we'd love to do an exhibit of, of some of your work. So I said, I'm all in. I was yeah. like, that sounds really fabulous. So I submitted uh, photos. And from those, they, they picked a little over, I think, like 25 photos or nice. something like that. So I'll have uh, half of the second floor, which is pretty amazing. It's my first, you know, show as a photographer. Again, I'm trying to seek out different ways to express myself and to educate people and share with them at the same time. So, uh, again, I am pretty stoked about this uh, this opening in January. And the following day, I do a TED Talk here in Tucson. Mm. What? I'm telling you, what? <laughs> I know. Hashtag, this does not suck. Definitely doesn't suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing a TED Talk. It's pretty mm. crazy. Um, thank you for asking, uh, Carmen, about the TED Talk. <laughs> No, it's it, again. It's a giant weekend for me. I mean, good God! I yeah, mean, for uh, sure. Only other thing could be is that I'm going to be mayor, you know, which I am going to be <laughs> eventually. Yes, I will. Yes, I will are. be mayor please, of Tucson one please. day. Mm-hmm. And and I know Jonathan Rothschild really well. And I told him, I oh, said, Jonathan, really? I'm going to be mayor one day. He said, I'd vote for you, Gabe. I said, Good. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I got uh, approached by TED Talk, and they I 
I got submitted. Next thing you know, I had to do this audition. And from there, they wrote me and they said, we'd love to have your TED Talk coming up. And I was like, oh, my God. That's amazing. So for those listeners, those who don't know, could you explain what TED Talk is? Uh, So TED Talks are these events where they ask entrepreneurs or people in general just to share their their stories of of how it can impact other people's life. For me, my TED Talk is going to be based on uh, what I feel the foundation is to us as Indigenous people, which is being in balance by living a spiritual, emotional, physical, you know, way, you know, to just be grounded and know the difference uh, between need and want and uh, just going out there and through that showing examples of how it's helped me in my career to stay balanced in that way. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing. I was, they said I was voted uh, unanimously and I just thought, Wow, I didn't expect them to say yes. <laughs> now what do I do? Well, I guess I got to go speak in front of thousands of people. And 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 for me as a as a musician, the guitar is kind of like like that security blanket. You know, I feel like Linus walking around without that without that <laughs> guitar. What am I going to do? And it's something that I've had to uh, grow into as a, as as an individual, as a human being, is to not be afraid to speak. Uh, this last week, I was just in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada, mm-hmm. at a youth entrepreneur symposium where I was wow. the keynote speaker, and I was speaking about my story and what it took for me to get to where I am. Because a lot of times on Instagram and you know all this other social media, they only see the end result. They see me. Mm-hmm. And beautiful hotels and limousines, oh, and I'm hanging out with <laughs> Keith Sicola, and I'm rolling with Adam Beach or whatever. Oh, you know, know. That's, that's that's what they, that's what people see, but they don't see yeah. the backstory. They don't know mm-hmm. uh, that I lived in my truck, you know, for mm-hmm. a couple of years when I was going to college. That I mm-hmm. ate ramen and, and bologna just like everybody else. I still eat bologna though. I don't <laughs> care. I'll still eat spam, you know. Yes. Uh, you know, I try to keep it real, but again, mm-hmm. it's it's the backstory of what people never see. They just see mm-hmm. the end result. So for me, it was a great opportunity to to showcase and let people know through trials and tribulations, I've always persevered, and and I'll I'll state that now that. I think the most important word in any language is perseverance. And I always share that with our youth is let them know to never give up, you know, never give up no matter what happens to jump in the, in the pool head first, knowing that there's no water and that you'll heal from it. It'll be okay. Mm -hmm. You'll, you'll continue to succeed if you persevere. And uh, fortunately I've done that. Definitely amazing. And very, very happy to have you share everything all the way around your background a little bit of what you just shared now, your beginnings and how that was for you, you know, including a little bit of the struggle, which we're, we're all familiar with, you know, and it's always good when you can actually talk and get to know somebody on a more personal level. It definitely makes things a lot more special, I think. Definitely so. And I, and I thank you guys for letting me come in and uh, share just a little little piece of my story. Yeah, definitely. I think it's very important, you know. I think that meeting you in a special place during a time when it was it was rough, 
and it still is. But you guys left too quick. <clears throat> I, I was, know we did. I was trying to get. I was that trying. Was to, I was. I was being a bad influence up there. I was like, stay, <laughs> just stay. I gotta work. I don't care. There is no work here. This is. I was. Oh my god. <laughs> I was so trying to get you guys to stay. I know. And you let me down. Hey, I'm just. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you broke my heart on Facebook Hill. <laughs> Oh, oh, I should shoot. make a round dance. That. Oh, you should yeah. Facebook. By, by the way, I do have a round dance CD I'm working oh. on right now. So I have cool round. See, I do I do a little a little of everything. Yeah, you know, I like uh, like to put those feelers out there. But yeah, <laughs> you uh, you broke my heart on Facebook. <laughs> hill. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. So in Standing Rock, they had this <laughs> hill, and it was called Facebook Hill because that was the area where you got reception at. <laughs> and and everybody went live. And everybody went live there. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it was it was a good time for sure. Yeah. I mean, even even though all that travesty was going on, mm-hmm. it was a beautiful place yeah. uh to be there. It felt like a giant ceremony, uh, oh, just yeah. to be amongst so many different people. There was no such thing as color, there was no mm-hmm. such thing as religion, government. It was just a place of prayer and I miss it. Mm-hmm. I miss it. I miss I miss people from there. I miss the faces even though I didn't know Maybe everyone's name. I miss their faces. I miss their laugh. I miss mm-hmm. miss round dancing at two in the morning mm-hmm. and the big oh, yeah. and the big golf ball. You know, mm-hmm. uh, all that stuff. Yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes, I mean the emotion that you felt when you were there was so strong and and so heavy on you, and it was just you just had to be there to understand what everybody was facing and the reality yeah. of all of it. Yeah, it was hard to leave. I mean, mm-hmm. it it was physically hard to leave i know the day that that i i had left the first time i went i sat in my truck with it running for over an hour just sitting there and i was like what are you doing Mm. are you leaving are you staying Mm. and this is after already being there a couple of weeks and i was only supposed to go for like three days wow and i was like i think i'm leaving but i don't want to Mm-hmm. And everybody kept telling me, just stay, bro. You know, yeah. same as I was being a bad influence. <laughs> to you. It was it was so addicting, you know. But yeah. uh, I I just always promised I'd come back, and I still haven't been back uh, mm-hmm. since last November. And mm-hmm. it's a promise that I do intend to keep. I have many mm-hmm. new relatives that are that are up there. The Good House family mm-hmm. uh, really took me in up there, and uh, I do need to return at least to to go back and. Just uh, say hello to my new relatives. Mm-hmm. Well, for my closing thoughts. Mm-hmm. So since time and memorial, people have always expressed themselves through music and art. Um, and in Native communities, song and dance represent powerful and sacred sites. They represent the different seasons. They pass on knowledge and stories, um, even language, for the young people who learn at a young age of carrying on these sacred things. Um, And in today's world, of course, music has definitely evolved on so many levels from so many cultures, and we embrace it all by how it makes us feel. So with that, you know, we're coming to the end of the interview now. Is there anything else that you'd like to share as we're coming, you know, closing out here? Any shout-outs that you want to give, Gabe? Well, that was was beautiful. I wish I would have recorded that, so we should have gone live on that. Jeez, (laughs) that was powerful. Uh, no, it is empowering. Uh, the fact that you're you're here is very empowering. Uh, it, it's at a time that we need it as as men, mm. you know. Uh, and I share that with with women sometimes. I say you have to command that. 
you have to demand it from us as men and not let us slack. Uh, you don't need us. That's the truth. <laughs> you really don't need us. But we're, I'm so grateful that you guys think that you do. But it's it's a beautiful thing to see this movement of women standing strong uh, and saying, it's enough. Mm-hmm. It's enough. Uh, you need to change. Mm-hmm. And uh, so thank you for doing that through not just your voice, but through this power of uh, of media here mm-hmm. so that you can uh, spread the message all across Indian country and start it with your community and mm-hmm. throw that first pebble and soon we'll be throwing boulders to make these things mm-hmm. happen and make these changes happen. But shout outs uh, to everybody out there, to everybody out there that's uh, suffering, those that are looking for healing, you mm-hmm. know, reach out, never, never be silent. Never be silent. It's okay to to be vulnerable, and to our youth, persevere. You're all bound for greatness. Uh, you can contact your uncle Gabe on uh, any kind of social media, and I promise you, I'll I'll write back. I promise I'll reach back. I won't leave you hanging, and uh, and wish you guys all all greatness. <laughs> Thank you so much for this opportunity to engage with you in this interview. And this is definitely my first podcast. Is that right? This yes. is my first podcast. That is yeah. so awesome. Congratulations to you. <laughs> it was a little nerve-wracking. I think, right? I, did, I think you did great. And I, I'm going to invite you guys here on uh, on the air to come and be a part of my show. I I have my own radio station. Uh, Well, it's not my, our tribal radio (laughs) station. Just try to own it up. I I own KPYT, by the way. Um, But uh, I have my own show called Indian Time. Not Indian, but Indian. 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 Indian Time. And uh, so I played nothing but indigenous music for two hours straight. Even played some white music yesterday. Ooh, Ooh, man. Two-stepping. Oh, yeah. Little little Gertie and the T.O. boys. (laughs) (laughs) You know they're going to be at the Rock House this weekend. I know, right? They are. But uh, for real, though, uh, it'd be great to have you guys come out sometime and and have a lot of laughs and pick some music. And we'll Mm -hmm. we'll even play some Keith Sokola on there. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, Yeah, we definitely love that. We're always um, open to that kind of invitation. All right, next Thursday, 3 to 5 p.m., done. Okay. All right, Keith. (laughs) Are you listening, Keith? Coming for you. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is Cultivating Indigenous Voices. Thanks for listening to this month's podcast episode. If you like what you just heard, feel free to check out previous episodes from Cultivating Indigenous Voices by clicking the link in the description. This podcast is supported by KXCI Tucson, Real People, Real Radio.